Why were the... Why... Listen. Why, when you opened the containers in Sonic the Hedgehog, did birds come out? And animals, let me tell you. Because Dr. Robotnik was going to turn them into robots and you're saving them. Yes. Why in Sonic 3D Blast did you collect the flickies? Yeah. Who... Hey, hey, hey. You heard about this? You guys heard about this? (laughs) Sonic collects flickies? This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you guys heard about this? <laughs> this is a really weird Jay Leno. <laughs> yeah, he runs around the stage, gets three flickies, takes him to a big ring. What's a flick in the ring? Zero credits. We are in the dog days of what the teens are calling hot girl summer. And boy, do I feel more like a dog than I feel like a hot girl. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name is John the Donkey. And together we're Henry and John the Donkey coming at you to discuss the hot girls of the cultural zeitgeist. Let me take that back. We're going to talk about the cultural happenings of the hot girls. <laughs> Let me take that one more time. We're going to talk about the cultural happenings of the, the <laughs> cultural zeitgeist. I have messed up that saying now. Uh-huh. I don't know. I was trying to work in the hot girl summer thing, and it just came off creepy. Hot girl summer is almost over, and it's upon us. I can't wait for slightly depressed girl fall oh have you seen that twitter thing where it's like get ready for christian girl autumn (laughs) christian girl autumn it really sucks also christian girl autumn is how you can refer to 30 percent of christian girls because their name is autumn oh wow i did not know that i thought their name was fall Oh, no. They cannot be called Fall legally because Lucifer (laughs) from heaven. You mean Lucifer Autumned from heaven. Lucifer Autumned from heaven. Uh, Lucifer Autumn in heaven is a fantastic name. Also, it's not John the Donkey. It's John the Donkey. T-H-E-E. Like Megan the Stallion. What? Creator of Hot Girl Summer. Mm. Houston, I believe, area rapper. Mm. Coiner of Hot Girl Summer. I'm falling into one of those traps where I used a reference that I've seen casually that I've not researched, and now I'm failing to pick up on some of the nuances of that that thing. Look, we can all be hot girls. Are you trying to say that (laughs) any amount of can turn one into a hot girl? Any amount of chick. Can make anyone can make anyone hot. Uh, we are drinking today. Oh, the same. We're drinking the same. It's a Severa Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. The taste will never leave my memory, and so and as such, I believe we have three cases left, and as such, we will keep drinking this until the end of time. We're going to run out eventually, and then it's going to be a dark day, because then we have to start buying beer that's cheap. And we'll start fighting again about who has to buy the beer. That was a fun conversation. <laughs> it's uh, it's always my favorite. My favorite thing is when I forget it's my turn to buy beer, and then I probably should, and then I fight too hard for it. 
Uh, this is what I do for every obligation that requires me to spend money. The funny thing was, it wasn't your turn to buy the beer. <laughs> it was completely my turn. I just didn't want to be inconvenienced on my, like, one of my afternoons off. Mm-hmm. One of the afternoons where I don't work out immediately after work. I didn't want to have to go the extra five minutes to a store to pick up the beard. So I fought back super hard. And we were both, it was like what happens when an immovable object meets uh, another immovable another immovable object. Yeah, no. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We've got three more cases to get through. Now, including the case we just killed, or... No, I mean, like, in the closet. Jesus Christ. And I think there's another, like, 20-pack of uh, Han's pills. Ooh, okay. We need to get rid of another case of the extra IPAs, and then move on to the Han's pills for, like, a nice aperitif, but break it up a little moose-bouche. All I have to say is, uh, this is a shout-out to the guy at Specs Fine Spirits and Wine, or whatever it's called... Uh, absolutely, you can indeed throw a wedding and not pick up an IPA. Yes. It turns out no one at my wedding cared for it. Yeah, you got an aggressive IPA. Uh, now, there's no easy way to bring this up. I mean, I've got things I want to talk about that I don't think you want to talk about. So, it's either (laughs) you bring up a thing you don't think I want to talk about, or I bring up a thing I think you don't want to talk about. I'm going to bring up something that no one wants to talk about. Fair. Now, a lot is happening in this quote-unquote country right now. I like that you... <laughs> so much has happened that our country is now in a hypothetical state. It's not It's not a real country. It's an approximation of a country. Also, aren't we just a bunch of states? When you, In the final analysis, aren't we just a bunch of states who just want to get along? One would almost call us a union of, of states. Yeah. A, a, a states that are united. United estates? Uh, like un- the, the three estates from France? Yes. The clergy, the monarchy, and the horny... <laughs> You can't make a list of one of them being horny. I can't make a list. Now, uh, a lot of things that happen in this country, and everyone's thinking the same thing, but no one wants to talk about it. And Henry, I have very bad news for you. We're going to talk about it. It's a medical diagnosis. Self-diagnosed. I took the test on uh, Tumblr to see if I've got it. And I, unfortunately, have certifiable 100%... Epstein brain right now. You have Epstein brain? I have Epstein brain syndrome. Is that where you're locked away in a jail cell and you're under suicide watch and you somehow end up dead? Because that happened. It's uh, Epstein brain is a condition, I believe, typically exemplified by um, becoming a raving lunatic about a conspiracy theory that is, to be clear, for sure real. Oh, yeah, no, I have no doubt that the plane existed and that his journal and notes from said plane are real. And Yeah, the plane's real. Little little St. James is real. The weird temple on Little St. James is real. The notebook's real. The butler who got way more time in prison than Jeffrey Epstein did for helping Jeffrey Epstein be a predator and then died mysteriously of cancer... Wait, the butler died? 
the butler died. He he served more time than Jeffrey Epstein did, and then di- died. He he found out. They found out he had cancer, and then six months later, he was dead. All of this. Wait. I'm trying to figure out what point I should say that everything wait, wait, wait. is alleged. Are you trying to say, are you trying to suggest maybe, perhaps, that crime doesn't pay? <laughs> what, <laughs> what I would like to posit is everything from here on forward, as far as the conversation goes, is alleged. Not okay. by us. Other people have alleged it, and we are simply repeating what they've said. It's transformative use. Look, I'm not... A conspiracy theorist by any means. But there have been rumor and rumor enough about certain and powerful individuals with certain proclivities. And it seems like this Jeffrey Epstein guy happens to be the guy who made it all happen for these certain powerful individuals. And the fact that he somehow ended up committing suicide while in a jail... Under suicide watch. The day after his court files were released because of his ongoing criminal case that implicated certain people allegedly, and then he dies. I don't know. Look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but another thing I'm not is an idiot. Like, yeah, I feel like people can, it's like when, when, like, someone who flips on the mob and, like, is going to testify against the mob ends up dead. It's like, okay, the mob got to him. Yeah. In this case, the mob is very powerful politicians. Yes, the, the mob is exactly who we think it is, unfortunately. Uh, allegedly. I can't stop, Henry. The Epstein brain is so strong with me right now, and it... <laughs> I mean, it can't end at this, obviously. It can't end. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe it will end with him having mysteriously died in a secure housing unit under Suicide Watch. Even though, after his first quote-unquote suicide attempt, he was not. He appeared in court later not wearing the typical blues of someone who is on ongoing Suicide Watch. He appeared in regular prison garb, meaning he was probably not put on suicide watch after the first time they killed him. Killed him. <laughs> 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 okay, there's a couple of oh, hold on. Hold on. Are you suggesting they killed him once and, he, and it didn't take? He there's came a couple of his way back. There's a couple of wrongs. Like, I did assert that he had been killed. Secondly, I said they did it. I said that they killed him. Uh, no, after he... I don't know, something happened and people... It seemed like he tried to kill himself, sure. Uh, and then they didn't put him on suicide watch, almost as if... Because, you know, in New York, there are no dummies. There's no tougher city in the world than New York. They know it's not suicide watch. They had him on murder watch. Murder watch. Which is no additional level of security. You, you would think- Allegedly. Allegedly, you would think there'd be like a bodyguard, maybe a detail, two people, a guy with a shotgun outside of the door. <laughs> Anything. Of course, who better to pay off than the guy with a shotgun outside the door? So, uh, on the same day, no, the day after his death, uh, alleged suicide, body double. Uh, <laughs> body double? <laughs> well, there's a whole body double thing. The oh the day after his death, there was a news story that came out that said that uh, one of the uh, one of the guards 
that was stationed outside of his cell was apparently not a corrections officer. Oh, is he a hitman? I'd like to, I'd like to, uh, suppose. I've done a little bit of digging, and I don't want to dox anybody, allegedly. But I have a little bit of information about the non-corrections officer guard who is at Jeffrey Epstein's whole thing. His cell. Uh, so his name was, um, his name was, uh, Hans Killams. He was, uh, he was a six foot five inch tall bald man, uh, dressed in a full suit. Uh, and he had, seemingly, he had a, pr- a proclivity for silenced handguns. He had a barcode on the back of his head. Uh, anytime anyone asked him what he was doing, he'd say, I'm here to use the bathroom. <laughs> And uh, no one questioned it, and I'm, I just want to say thank you for your service, Hans Killams. Now, I, I did allegedly read some reports where, inexplicably, Hans Killams knocked out somebody, changed into their clothes, and pretended to be them, even though their, his facial features <laughs> and hair length did not change at all. It was completely different, the person he changed into. They had a hat so you could kind of understand, uh, but then they found that person in a laundry bin, uh, and he had been unconscious for hours in the laundry bin, but as soon as it was opened, he woke up. That's interesting. And also, allegedly, I read that uh, (laughs) this this Hans Killams had a certain briefcase that when thrown... Tracked and followed a person <laughs> yes. until it knocked them out. Now, allegedly, that, allegedly. 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 Now, I, I heard uh, there were... You know Nicholas Tartaglioni? That's not a name I am familiar with. Nicholas Tartaglioni is just a person who is an ex-cop who... And this isn't allegedly. He killed four people execution-style during a failed coke deal at the Liquid Lounge. Spelled L-I-C-K-Q-U-I-D. Lounge. Uh, and buried them in his backyard and got sent to prison, killer cop, uh, who may have tried to murder Jeffrey Epstein the first time it was a suicide attempt. Uh, Nicholas Tartaglioni said that he was, uh, he was not with Jeffrey Epstein because Jeffrey Epstein's cellmate was mysteriously absent during the time when he committed suicide. 100% real, by the way. Uh, but Nicholas Tartaglioni nearby said that he heard a series of sounds on the night of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, death in that he heard a coin hitting the ground. He heard someone, presumably a guard, say, what was that noise? And then he heard some walking, and then he heard lights click, and he heard someone say, who turned out the lights? And then he heard a strangling noise. Oh, wow. Yeah. A coin hitting the a ground. A coin hitting the ground. And a then- guard saying... What was that noise? Yes. And then lights seemingly being turned off. And then the guard saying, who turned out the lights? That's weird. Yeah. And then he ended up dead from apparent suicide. Silent assassin. Silent assassin. Oh, this is. Oh, okay. No, I'm continuing the thing. Yeah, you are continuing. Oh, man. I hate when I fall (laughs) for a bit. Damn it. I can't continue it now. It's broken. So those were all jokes from the esteemed video game series <laughs> Hitman. Yes. Except for Jeffrey Epstein's cellmate was mysteriously absent. 
Okay, two of two things there were true. Nicholas Tartaglioni, absolutely real, looks like the Doom Marine in real life. Killer cop, probably tried to kill Jeffrey Epstein, allegedly. Uh, number two, his cellmate was absent when he died. Where was he? I don't know. They have not said. So, so he was actually in a jail. He was in a he jail. He wasn't like on house arrest where he would have like objects to kill himself with. He was in a secure housing unit where, if you were to look at it, there's really no place to hang yourself. What did he hang himself with? Not I'm, rope. Hasn't come out. That has, hasn't come has out? Not, has not come out. They say strangled to death. Strangled to self-death. Uh, and there's certain parts of time with Jeffrey Epstein that I don't want to litigate too much because big old CW right here. Uh, talking too much about the circumstances of his death as reported, uh, suicide I don't want to make anyone, like, relive any past traumas. And also, talking about any of his crimes, really trigger, I don't want to make anyone relive any past traumas for the awful, lurid, horrible things that he did and facilitated for powerful people, allegedly. What's a CW? Content warning. Oh, Triggered much? Well, I, normally, I, I mean, I'm familiar with trigger warnings. I think. Well, <laughs> you just you just spittled all over yourself. I just beard myself in my beard. I CW, I think, is you know how there was before Christ and after Christ. Yeah, and now there's before Christ era and after Christ era. No, uh, that's I, not what it is. <laughs> Uh, that's, I think that CW is more of the latter, like, okay. this is what we call it now. I've never heard of it. Really? I've heard of the CW, which... <laughs> A lot of their shows are real problematic. It Supernatural. Show, yeah, likes. I mean, what is it, Archie Comics, Riverdale, and then uh, iZombie, which just ended like a week ago. iZombie, big yikes. Rest in peace, Raul. Rest in peace, Raul Coley. May you be a big, tough marine and... Gears of War 5. Rest our... Kiss our... Kiss our fingers. Lift them to the sky for a sweet boy in heaven, Rahu Kohli. And, uh, kiss our lips and raise them to the sky and hope that Jeffrey Epstein is getting the eternal punishment he deserves, but also hope that the people who are directly, uh, tied to, uh... There's not gonna be a criminal investigation. Here's what, the thing. What can we do at this point? How can we take the... They've brazenly, allegedly killed someone in front of us to protect their secrets. What do you do? What do you... Now more than ever, I wish Ghost existed. Because, <laughs> hands down, Jeffrey Epstein would come back as a vengeful wraith and just testify in court. I've got some unfinished business. Like, I want Ghost to exist, but be mild-mannered. Like, not attack people yeah. or anything, but just, like, appear in court and just be like, they tried to, like, they killed me. They actually killed me. That'd be and great. And this is why I've got the secrets. Here they are. Here they are. I'm a ghost. But, I mean, what are you going to do to me? Send me to jail? I'm a ghost. It's an impossible situation to be in because if you believe... If you believe that the Jeffrey Epstein stuff is true, which is, if people were on his plane, it was for bad reasons. And there are genuine, like, flight logs, and the book, and testimony that people were on that plane. And we accept that people had to be on the plane for bad reasons. There's a lot of people who were on that plane that if you, like, believe it was what it was, it's like the ultimate Me Too. Of so many people. I mean, yeah. The, the names that I know, you know. Clinton. 
Yeah. Trump. Bill Clinton. Donald Trump. Those are Chris the Tucker. Chris Tucker. The made-up so- guy. The made-up news anchor from Family Guy. Nailed it. No, the guy from Rush Hour. Uh, oh, wow. Certain, certain names in this Chris book Tucker. by the butler were circled in red. The guy's name was Tom Tucker from Family Guy. Correct. Uh, Chris Tucker... This one really, it hurts me to say because he's in the logs and also there is testimony about him being on the plane, though nothing is exceptionally lurid. And if it were, I wouldn't even discuss it because like I said... Bob Ross? (sighs) Tom Hanks? How much do you like The Simpsons? Not that much. Okay, it's Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons. Oh, that's a shame. Really horrifying for me. The Simpsons is my favorite show. But I mean, I don't know. You will never know. Do we, what do we do? Do we just go through life assuming that everyone's like a top level monster? Anyone with a certain level of power is like part of a cabal? Is this the cabal? Here's what I think. Here is, uh, here's my general theory about power and those who have it. Those who have power fall into really dumb things. They've got perverse things and they want those perverse things to keep going. So when somebody else has power or gets power, they bring them in and say, this is how things are done to protect their way of life. This is how we with power do things. Yeah. And you have a choice. Get in on this or you're relegated to not being invited to any of the power stuff anymore. That's the, that's the truly terrifying implication of this is that if... If Jeffrey Epstein's plane took people to go do something that is unspeakable, and if enough powerful people did it, because the, the thing about power is, like, I, I genuinely believe the power, like, corrupts people. It corrupts and it conforms. And I feel like if people have power, then they belong to a social caste that is unimaginable by most people. So, like, if you end up on Jeffrey Epstein's plane and you were a person with power... And unless you were, like, incredibly humble or, like, a good person with power that I'm not sure wholly exists. But the proposition was, hey, you can come do this thing with us that no one will ever find out about. And then you get to be in. Yeah. Or you get to say no, and then you're out. I kind of feel like it's, uh, you know, the, the blue code for police, or at least corrupt police. It's like, hey, we've got this cocaine in the evidence locker. I'm going to go do a bump. You should come with me. And they're testing to see, like, are you going to rat me out? Yeah. Are you going to be a problem? Or are you in on it? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, you're here. You got to do a bump, too. You got to. If yeah. you don't, I won't trust you. Yeah. And then, like, your life is forfeit. But the, the problem with, not the problem with, the reason why that exists is because a lot of people have been saying that uh, the reason why the Black Book existed and the reason why the... A big reason why a lot of this happened is for, like, blackmail. And I don't think that's necessarily true, but I think it could be used as a tool of coercion. Because if you have someone take a bump in the evidence room with you, you're saying, if you don't do it, I won't trust you. That doesn't matter. It's, if you do it, I'll have something on you, and you're part of the thing I'm part of. Mutually assured destruction. If I go down, you go down. I honestly feel like in Hollywood, when... You know, you hear about the horrible things that happened to, like, oh, Christian Feldman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I feel like there's this weird thing where it's like, hey, you got to go through this to get the fame. This is part of it. 
Yeah, this is something that we joked about 10 or, no, like 20 or 30 years ago. Is yeah. We, we very seriously joked about the abuses of power in Hollywood. And it's like, it's the Louis C.K. thing. People joked about it and it was in the open for so long. But how do we deal with it being true? It's the Bill Cosby thing. Yeah. That was... Everyone a, knew about it. That People was, talked about it. Yeah, that was, I guess, the equivalent of a trade secret. Yeah, People was, in the trade knew. It was an open secret. And and then only years later did he get his comeuppance and, you know... Yeah. Hope those prison sweaters are itchy. Yeah. Hope you get hit in the face with a hot dog more often. Yeah. That wasn't like a prison rape thing. That was like a, someone threw a hot dog at him. Cool. I didn't want to make that seem like I was being flippant about that. No, I never would never joke about that because I, I find it appalling. But yeah, here's what you do. <laughs> when the dots are in front of us so much that we can connect them ourselves and, and not even have to put on the tinfoil hat and nothing gets done about it. Move to a new country. <laughs> I mean, maybe, be, but we, I feel we like this country is is. I I love this country. I love aspects of this country, but I feel like we're so far in the hole. Nothing will dig us out. Can I share? So something that I've been doing lately. Feel free to open your beer. Wow, call me out in front of. All these guests. In front of God and beer. And Jeffrey Epstein's ghost. Oh, God, no. Uh, Something that I've been doing lately, uh, I like to go on, like, weird mental scavenger hunts and explore parts of myself. And I've been exploring, like, the the basest kind of part of myself, like the bubbling ichor of my jealousy and my id lately. Okay. Uh, Like, I've been dealing a lot with the idea of, like, fame and art and feeling entitled towards it because i i think that it's important to like it's important to access the parts of yourself that's kind of monstrous so you can identify where those are coming from so you like me every once in a while just go down this rabbit hole of watching seth meyer interviews or colbert interviews of celebrities and imagining what you would say in those situations is that is that what you're getting at i'm just saying i have a lot of youtube not youtube a lot of google searches of a uh, relatively minor comedic celebrity followed by the word age. Uh, I have a lot of that going on. John Mulaney age. Yeah, and then I'm like, well, I could be him in four years. Yep. But no, it, it's it's being like, it's feeling like I deserve fame, which I feel like everyone feels a little bit, which is why we want to be famous. Uh, and I've been exploring that. But that's neither here nor there. The thing that I've been exploring post-Jeffrey Epstein brain is that it's actually awakened a part of me, a distant part of me, that I've been playing with, is like, wouldn't it be great to live in pure ignorance? Not like you put on a dunce cap and you, like, walk off into the desert and you get, like, stung by a scorpion and die. But, like, living in pure ignorance in the sense that I could be someone who, like, drives a Chevy Silverado does crossfit has a bunch of gun has a bunch of shirts with silhouettes of guns i shoot guns all the time i have like molon labe stickers come and take it stickers palmia like flags in my garage yeah like i fully buy in like instead of trying to live my life in an ethical or a moral way i push all my chips i go all in on like what america has become because i'm like i want to be the most 
what if I was the most virulent version of someone who purely like basked in like xenophobia and power fantasies and all this stuff and how nice it would be to just relax into that soft welcoming puddle of i don't need to care and i'm not gonna do it yeah that's a pretty significant departure from who i am but i've been thinking about it i'm like at some point not doing that obligates you to do something like leave the country or run for public office or something. Yeah, because it's either do accept that, become what you hate, see yourself become the villain of your story, or rise to the occasion to try to become part of the change. Or move to Canada. Or move to Canada, you know, expatriate yourself. Yeah. Like so many great artists did, especially after World War II. Mm-hmm. I feel like our World War II is more of a cultural war. There, There is a cultural war happening between different sides. And for those of us who don't want to pledge to one side or another, we're caught in the crossfire. And we have to reconcile with both. Both sides are slinging them bullets, them word bullets at each other. And it's like, well, one side seems to want nice things until they until they end up on the list of ledgers of alleged weird stuff on planes. And I, it kind of circles back to a point that I was trying to reconcile with a couple of months ago when... And it actually involved, like, shooters, oddly enough. A shooting would happen, and both sides were quick to point like, he belongs to the other side. This is, he represents your side. Your side is so violent and wrong. Mm-hmm. And then more details would come out, and it's like, oh, well, if that's true, then what every, all the loud people are, are saying is wrong. Yeah. So let's submit this new thing that we found out, and and that should change their minds. And it doesn't. They double no. down. It's like, that was, stuff was planted by a hacker. Yeah. They hacked his accounts and and put those things there. He's on your side. And then it left me in the middle wanting to know not the answer, but the the truth. I wanted to know the truth. Yeah. I'm still there. I, With all of these things coming out today with the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, I just want to know what happened. What is... The truth. And then maybe if we could know the truth, we could act on it. But that's a next step. That's what comes after. It's kind of like, I wish there were more... I wish there was a Sherlock. I wish there was a Hercule Poirot. Someone who only cared about the truth. Didn't care about the politics of the situation. Mm-hmm. I kind of hoped Robert Mueller was going to be like this. But then he played to the politics of his office. And then he's just he's just a politicking, uh, doddering old man. Yeah, I, I mean, he has certain beliefs that get in the way of someone who would just want to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And we don't have that anymore. We have politicking and we have money and power and fame, all this other stuff. Things that Sherlock and Hercule Perot got by accident because yeah. they were good at what they did. Mm-hmm. But there is no modern day Sherlock. There is no investigative genius who who is not swayed by anything but this his thirst to get down to find out what actually happened. I think that uh, characters like Sherlock Holmes and Hercule Poirot 
are like Superman yeah. in that they are beings that cannot exist. They, they and, absolutely cannot. But, but the reason why that they've persisted through time is like, hey, we want people who are driven by the truth. I know I'm not driven truly by the truth. No one is. But the the fact of the matter is we want these people to exist because we want to know objectively, is there a hero who is completely non-self-interested who can actually tell me what's true? And that's it's the same reason a lot of people like like certain religions. You want direction and purpose and truth, or at least perceived versions of those. And I think that no one has ever been a Sherlock Holmes or a Hercule Poirot, yeah, nor will anyone ever be. Everyone is self-interested, and everyone like will play with the vectors of power in such a way that benefits them. But like, what do you do? What do you do knowing that with the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, with all the allegedly horrible things that he and everyone he's implicated with, Especially that, like, really gross picture of him, like, smiling with Bill Clinton on what appears to be the jet. Uh, what, uh, what do you do? Knowing that the truth will never come out. Versions of the truth, sure, because I feel like yeah. we, we do... I mean, we first, we thirst for a story, and so those who wish to spin the story will feed us something. Are you familiar with the term limited hangout? Is that... No... It is an intelligence maneuver, and I believe the the term might have been coined by Richard Nixon, or at least during his presidency. The concept of a limited hangout is to, when there's a lot of heat on one thing, so let's say Jeffrey Epstein, when there's a lot of heat on one thing, what you do, if you as an investigating agency or you in a position of power, like the FBI would be if they were investigating the Jeffrey Epstein thing, which they are. Uh, also, allegedly, they're allegedly people who are in positions of power. Whatever. Uh, it is the concept that what you do is you investigate it and you deliver some truth. Yeah. You deliver one or two actual factual truths that are horrifying but are nothing in comparison to the actual scope of the thing. And then people will be so spellbound by the two truths that they will never dig deeper. So if if what came out of this was like, let's pick anyone who's in the log, let's say Alec Baldwin. I believe it. Let's say they they do an investigation and the only meaningful takeaway they come out with is Alec Baldwin is a sex criminal of the highest order and is like deranged and awful. I'm not saying that he is, but this, if, yeah, this is hypothetical, if, Alec. If this was the limited hangout, then people would freak out about that. You would have dozens and hundreds of stories written about it, and that's the thing people would hang Remem- on to. And we're, yeah, that's what they would remember about this whole affair. And a skilled limited hangout picks the one that people would remember. So it's less likely to be Alec Baldwin. It's more likely to be like a more prescient celebrity for what's going on right now. They'd pick one well, probably. But, I mean, it doesn't have to be, because remember a few years ago, the Panama Papers came leaked, and a bunch of people were dodging taxes from various countries. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you a UK example. The comedian Jimmy Carr was raked over the coals yes. for his tax dodging. Mm-hmm. Also on that list was Emma Watson. Yes. No mention of her. Yep. They raked the public figure of Jimmy Carr in his personal and public lives. Like, he couldn't go on a show. He hosted shows. And he had to just face it head on. 
While whereas Emma Watson didn't have to answer for a goddamn thing. Because I'm not I'm not saying she has to. Because maybe like yeah, it was the accountants who honestly should probably answer for whatever the fuck happened there. You think Emma Watson is opening an offshore bank account? No way. Yeah, exactly. Like so. You think Jimmy Carr opened an offshore? It is hard to open an offshore bank account. The the joke that he made was like, I got some bad advice. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I mean, that's, my guy told me wrong. That's probably accurate. Also, that's a pretty good Jimmy Carr impression. <laughs> I, I like Jimmy Carr as a human being. I yeah. think his comedy not exactly for me, but I like his presence on a bunch of panel shows, which don't really translate to the U.S. anyway. Yes, but um, for one of these panel shows that he hosts, it's like, what's in the headlines? And the show, like after all of this came out, they got to the headline portion, and it's like, let's go to the headlines, and everyone's like. So your name came up. <laughs> yeah. And they just tore into him for like 20 minutes. And he's like, and he, he, he wasn't like, let's move on. He's like, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. Keep going. What else you got? Yeah. And he just took it. And like show after show, he it was like, abs- like taking this on. But it's exactly that strategy. Like he was sort of offering himself up as the limited hangout. Yeah. To distract from the bigger stories there. You pick one or two. And that's all you need to do. Let's say... Let's say nothing with Bill Cosby happened. You do a Bill Cosby. You say, Bill Cosby is this. Mm -hmm. And then people freak out. And that's all they need to do to look further. Because all they need is... All people want out of the news is a story. And all people want out of a a story is catharsis. Yeah. Everyone... Everyone, like, on an id level reads a story for a cathartic payoff. We want an end. Yeah, we want an end. We want closure. We want something to be like, this is what this led to. Because it's like, one plus two equals three. Like, it's satisfying in its simplicity. So for a limited hangout, they just pick one or two people. They say, these people are monsters. And also, for the scheme that they're running, they're acceptable losses. So they'd pick people who they could... They'd pick people who they could hang out. But they'd also pick people who most likely couldn't refer back to the dreadful nature of the thing itself. A limited hangout, when done well, like, throws people under the bus, but those people can't crawl out from under the bus and implicate anyone else. Yeah, exactly. So, that's most likely... They're the Matt Growings of the situation. Yes. like, you're a cartoonist. Yeah. Who's gonna believe you about another, like, who else you point out? Yeah, like, it, it's... What's a, your credibility? It's a very... It's happened time and time again. And I think people should be more aware of what a limited hangout is, because it's... Like a classic intelligence strategy that comes up in American media constantly. But I, I think that the only meaningful takeaway is like if the FBI does all they can, the best we can hope for is a limited hangout. Uh, the worst we can hope for, most likely what's going to happen is nothing. I'll just say there was nothing. There can't be nothing. There's got to be something. He's already testified in court. Like he, he already named names for, for lack of a better ter- words. Like... He already did that. Yeah. So that needs to be answered. His death or no. They're they're anticipating that some form of investigation will continue, but a criminal investigation halts with his death. Why? Because it's an investigation into Jeffrey Epstein. And he's dead so he can't be punished? Yeah, he's he's dead so you can't continue a criminal investigation. That's very short-sighted of our justice system. Uh, they're going to continue to carry out an investigation due to public outcry, but it's at no point a criminal investigation, so there's a limited burden of proof. They, they have no one to defend against, because the great thing about a criminal case against Jeffrey Epstein is 
if all evidence points back to Jeffrey Epstein, collection of evidence is number one. The most important thing you can do is get everything you can, and everything that is relevant, typically speaking, must be presented. Whereas if it's an investigation purely due to the suspicious nature of his activities post his death, then they don't have a target. They don't have anyone for whom the evidence is necessarily relative. So they could say nothing. That's but horrible. More than likely, they'll give us one or two people. I mean, the FBI did raid his private island in the Caribbean. He apparently One of his private islands. Oh, what the fuck? He has Little St. James and Big St. James. By the way, fun fact about Little St. James, it has a weird uh, mausoleum structure with a dome that was supposed to be a symphony hall. And uh, they took pictures inside of it and there's just a bed with a mattress on it. There's just a bed with a mattress and a weird, like, mausoleum building. Just a bed with a mattress. No big deal. Uh, listen... Also, it locks from the outside. Listener note, uh, my mouth <laughs> is just a gape. I don't have a response. Answer me this, Mr. John. <laughs> I don't know why I called you that. What did Jeffrey Epstein do to earn any of his money? Uh, well, he was a two-time high school dropout, and then he became a math teacher, and then he became... Uh, Hold up, stop you there. How did he become a math teacher? Oh, dude. How? Dude? How? Don't even ask that question. What do you mean? How do you become a, a math teacher? He a two-time high school dropout. How he do you... He became a math teacher. How? Let me tell you... Do you How? Take a guess what his next career leap was. Politician? No. He then started working at the investment bank Bear Stearns, managing people money, and became a billionaire in a matter of years. His hedge fund had seemingly no real investors. He was a person who became a billionaire very quickly, seemingly for no reason. A two-time high school dropout who... The, the way the story is told is that someone at Bear Stearns met him during like a PTA meeting and hired him to work at Bear Stearns. He became a millionaire, ran a hedge fund, billionaire, 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 owns two private islands. How? No How one is... knows. They just say he's a math genius. Again, listener note, uh, my mouth is agape. My my face is confused. I've been looking for the, the brief 28 years that I've been on this planet for a way to just get money. Yeah. And never work. You know how you get... How did this... But I, like, I'm not jealous of him because he is dead. And yes. he... Apparently... Is it like he did a bunch of fucking illegal shit? Like, was he... So, was he a drug dealer to the famous? Can I tell you how to... Let me tell you how he made all that money. And I'm gonna, it's going to be a secret, so I'm going to tell you silently. How do you become a billionaire without innovation? That's I'm, what I want to know. I'll tell you something. So you can't tell anyone what I'm about to tell you. All right. This uh, is a secret that I became aware of from studying the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Fams, uh, close, close your ears. So the, the way that you become a billionaire seemingly overnight is for the rich and famous, you have to become a professional... Wow, allegedly. Allegedly. You have to uh, provide a certain service for other famous. So you're talking about 
in no uncertain terms, alleged. Allegedly. Well, I want to say a different term. Allegedly, like, trafficking. Oh, absolutely. So you are, and in no uncertain terms, an alleged trafficker for... For underage girls. <laughs> he said uh, it out loud. Uh, no, that was the investigation into Jeffrey Epstein. That was his whole thing. So he's a hedge fund manager, in quotes, who just... I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. Hard, hard allegedly. This is this is tinfoil hat time. This is conspiracy theorists. This is Epstein brain hours. Epstein brain hours. Allegedly, you procure a commodity to be... Put it yes. in the grossest terms possible. Uh, the... That's fucking... I think the... Okay. The most innocent explanation is you're a procurement... Of sex workers who are of age for rich and powerful people. Because if if you became a billionaire essentially overnight, right? Yeah. If you became a billionaire overnight seemingly with no credentials, no bona fides, like your hedge fund isn't actually performing any typical hedge fund duties. And you know for a fact that this person has had the richest, smartest, a ton of like super prolific scientists were on that plane too. If you have regular visits to your island... By, like, powerful politicians, celebrities, geniuses, scientists. If you have the most powerful, wealthiest people in the world regularly going to your island, one has to imagine that to become a billionaire overnight, you would have had to do certain things for certain powerful people. And if you have this mausoleum building that has nothing in it besides a bed with a mattress on it that locks from the outside, outside, something is happening there. Look, the word is putting... Dots out there. Here's what I'm saying. And there's no alleged to this. Something was happening on Little St. James that no one really knows the answer to. Because no one said it. Here's the thing. So many people have been implicated in this thing. No one's come out. If If I ended up in Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs and I was a person with any amount of clout, the first fucking thing I would say is, we went to his island, there were tiki drinks, it was actually all normal. Yeah. Like, if it was normal, I would immediately get in front of that and be like, it was a 100% normal thing, and there were probably some weird things going on that I wasn't part of, maybe, but, like, it was just an island and it was just normal. You would think, playing the numbers game, I guess, some of those trips had to be... Just normal. At least, you, given the law of averages, yeah. at least one of those flights was absolutely just a vacation. Absolutely normal. There were tiki drinks. Boat drinks was on a loop. But how do you get on the plane in the first place? I don't know. You get invited. How do you get invited? If he knows you're down for some alleged activity. Or maybe he's just like... Maybe. I don't know. Like, are the... There are rings of open secrets that us, the normal masses, the, the, the plebs of this world, the commoners, the, 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 the thieves of the thiefdom, will never be privy to. Like, I want to believe the best of Matt Groening. I don't, I have no reason to suspect otherwise. But if his name pops up on this ledger thing, and if we're ruling out the, the, the possibility that he would put fake names in there just because. Yeah. Then we have to assume our only recourse is like, okay, Matt Groening might be into some freaky shit. I mean... And we don't know what the freaky shit is because, like... 
prostitution is illegal in 49 states. It could just be normal prostitution in the, in the Caribbean. It doesn't have to be freaky shit. Just freaky shit. But I mean... But there's no way to know! Yeah, the most innocent version is they went to this island and had sex with prostitutes. And that's the most innocent version imaginable. Yes, and, and we, abs- absolutely. And like I said, I, I don't want to like... I don't want to litigate anything that's too lurid and alleged and... It, there's nothing gained by it. But like, I feel like the only thing we can rationally do is that there's a time that comes up every once in a while... The Vietnam War was a big one. Maybe the last one of these. 9-11, I guess, was an anti-one of these. But it's a time when people are able to, like, see the power structures laid bare for what they are and realize the level of trust that they're willing to have in the powerful. And the Vietnam War, like, ruined a lot of people for the remainder of their lives in trusting the U.S. government and its ability to handle a conflict, take care of its citizens, and, like, tell the truth. Because the thing about the Vietnam War is it was lied about constantly. Like, we were constantly fed a line about how we were winning a war we were losing. Yeah. And that innocent people were dying constantly. So, like, is the Jeffrey Epstein... Our Vietnam War, which seems like a weird thing to map, but is the Jeffrey Epstein thing a point where certain people have to be like, for the rest of my life, I can't trust what I'm told? I mean, I've already gotten to that point, to be honest. And that's just... It's easier now, by the way. It is easier now, because, I I mean, there was an anti-movement, an anti-force with 9-11, because that was the first time we'd been attacked in our soil and... Not even, like, like, like since War of 1812 or, or Spanish-American War, you know. That was the first time in... Were we attacked in the Spanish-American well, War? Was I, that a yellow journalism thing? There, were fighting, there was fighting on our soil, basically. Okay. And when I say our soil, I just mean the same continent. Okay. Um, and, and so we felt that pain. We felt that, what the fuck are we supposed to do against this sort of thing and the government of course raised a shield of words and, and empty praise and, and empty rhetoric to be like we will be, we, we've got this we've got this under control and for the next decade people, for the next hold on it's still happening yeah but like for the next decade the, the effect was more powerful it was like yeah I, me as an individual can't do anything I'm, I'm gonna buy into the government it's been weakening past that first decade and now we're getting to a point where it, it is easier and that just as a skeptic of everything i don't believe most of the things people tell me until i i research them myself it's been easier and easier to not trust the government even under for me it started when <laughs> this is gonna be weird it's gonna it's gonna it started when obama did not close down guantanamo bay yeah and that was the that was one of campaign his, promise number one. That was his first like biggest can- campaign promise. Yeah, and like eight years passed and he didn't do it. Well, it was also Medicare for all. There was uh, a lot. When, look, there was a lot of things that that happened that he didn't. Look, I'm just saying that do. Obama broke a lot of promises and killed a lot of people <laughs> and drone warfare that we still kind of don't know about, but people were making jokes about. Yeah, he re- basically he rewrote the definition of enemy combatant killed in a drone strike to any 
uh, person over the age of 18. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, no big deal. There were cool, sketchy cool. things there. And, yeah. like, that was a president that I looked up to. And he did sketchy things. So, it, it doesn't even matter who comes next. Yeah. It could be someone, even if I voted for them, I would still be like, I don't trust you. I don't trust the system. I don't... I've been saying this for years. I'm probably on some list. We need to start over. There is a scene in Batman versus Superman where the Batman, where the Superman statue. Oh wait, no! no. The, oh no! Where Lex Luthor blows okay, up wait. Congress. And that I, is I the thing. This, this is a fact. Times. This is a fact. What? what you just said is a fact. That is in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say, from here on out, any inferences listeners may make. It's up to you. I think almost we can leave it there. Yeah. I'm just saying that when Donald Trump and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweet the same thing with Jeffrey Epstein's death, some shit is going on. There's a scene in Avengers Endgame, spoilers, where Thanos snaps and half of human, half of all... You mean Infinity War? No, Endgame. Oh, Endgame, you're right. Oh, no, 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 Infinity War. War. You're right. Look... The blip, or whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. wiped out half of all life. And I have to think. <laughs> yes. Some politicians were in there. Yes, some politicians. Look, there's a scene in Batman vs. Superman yes. where Lex Luthor blows up Congress. Look, there's all I want to say is there's a scene in Independence Day where a giant... Spaceship yeah. blows up the White House. I'm, and if you were to make any inferences based on that, look, that's on you. I'm not saying anything in any certain terms. I'm just saying the two-party system George Washington warned us against. And I feel like we're feeling the effects of that two-party system more so ever today in full effect. This is a country divided and a system that is broken so many things don't get brought to the Senate floor just because somebody has the 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 power to say we're not talking about that. That's wrong. What? No matter whose side it is. Yes. Not debating it, not talking about it, not allowing it to come to the floor, denying the possibility of a vote. I don't care which side you're on, that's not democracy. I would like to posit something else. The two-party system that we have right now, as you've stated it, has failed. Yes. I would like to propose to all members of Senate and the Congress and all powerful people, especially politicians, a new two-party system. The first party, me hitting you. The second party, you hitting the floor. That's great. I like that. I want to ask what that's from, but I feel like... That's for the Johnny movie? Cage says it. The in movie? Mortal, yes. That iconic line is from Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, the movie? Yes. I just popped the shit out of my ankle and oh. I bet the microphone picked it up. My body's falling apart. Hey, it's okay. Bones are just bones, baby. Bones are bones, baby. I, I never I never knew. Look. Johnny Cage? Wow. Yeah. Mortal Kombat, the first one's a bad movie, but it does have the line of me hitting you and you hitting the floor. But he's like, uh, there's going to be two sounds. Is that what it... Two sounds? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no, Mortal Kombat, that's where he says, this is the part where you fall down. Yeah. It's not Mortal Kombat, that's a different thing. 
Let me propose something else to all powerful people. This is the part where you fall down. All right. I feel like we talked enough about that. Yes, we need to get onto lighter issues. I don't have lighter issues. I honestly want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. I guess we can talk about it. That's very heavy. I mean... It was very unfortunate what happened in the past week because we could not talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe we can talk about it, but we had obligations to cover Hobbs and Shaw. Go see that movie. Oh, no. Please save it. No. I hope the news isn't what I think it is. No, something happened. Absolutely. Two shootings happened in America. I thought you were going to say that Joe Watts died. Did he die? No, I have no idea. Oh my god, no. That, that no. So two shootings happened in America. One in El Paso, one in Dayton, Ohio. Yes. Which I will never get wrong. Uh, what did you call it? No, I never called it something. The president called uh, it Toledo. Uh, well, he's fucking dumb. Look, here's the thing. His brain is Swiss cheese. And what, what came out of this wave of two mass shootings in the same weekend... Was, of course, a rise in, hey, this is the only country where this happens. We're the only country with very lax gun control laws. Let's talk about gun control. And seemingly, almost backpedaling to a decade ago, the story that came out, for some reason, even though it's 2019, was... Video games cause this. Uh, video games cause gun violence. It's this, but like, it's in the news again, and I, I like I, I applauded absolutely the m- most of the media for saying this is not video games. If you type in like El Paso shooter video games, you get up like the whole first Google result page is articles full of this isn't video games. Like everyone knows at this point. It's not video games. Twitter rallied, and there are a ton of a ton of good memes about like video games calls violence, and it's like Minecraft, yeah. like building a house or something like that. But for the first time ever, we're seeing ramifications of people saying it's video games. Walmart has pulled all ads for violent video games, and are even now to, at this point, at the point of this recording. Stop freezing the sales of violent video games. ESPN delayed or pulled a tournament for Apex Legends. I don't. We're seeing public ramifications of people saying it's video games, even though the media is saying it's not fucking video games. The the issue that I think is we fought this war already, but Jack fucking Thompson. Yes, you remember that name? Urinate on brains. He was a. a real fuckhead who was like a senator who like had a whole vendetta against video games and nothing came of it. Yes. And that was a senator. Yes. Now just people in power, the people at Walmart, the people at ESPN mm-hmm. are making decisions based on no factual evidence and contrary of the millions of studies, not millions, that's that's an exaggeration, in contrast of the scientific studies done that show that violent video games do not lead to acts of aggression, ignoring the fact that this was a Twitter point, there are video games worldwide. Yeah. And this is still the only country yes. where this happens on a regular it's basis. almost as if there's some 
legislative quirk in America that's different than all of these other countries that allows this to happen. I don't know. Here's the thing that I... I hope you're vaguely referencing lobbying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing. People will blame video games if it means they don't have to return their NRA checks. Like, the the thing about video games is video games are the easiest kind of last resort scapegoat. Video games were what happened after Columbine. Which also, I want to make this point on the podcast... The day that the Dayton shooting happened, 215 days had passed in the United States of America. In the United States of America, 252 mass shootings had happened. We averaged greater than one mass shooting per day in the United States of America in 2019 and is a trend that is on the rise. It is something that is happening with more and more frequency. Uh, And... There's a lot of things you could talk about which which might be causing that. Uh, But the thing about video games is after Columbine, the NRA was facing its greatest criticism, perhaps in its entire existence, and that post-Columbine people saw that the damage that was caused by firearms when wielded against innocent American citizens, particularly children. Uh, And after Columbine, when the NRA was facing its most credible criticism... Its last line of defense was to blame media. And the easiest media to blame is the newest media, which is video games. And video games previously, like uh, Joe Lieberman and Al Gore had decried in the earlier 90s, Mortal Kombat, like video games are too violent, whatever. So it's the last line of defense for the NRA. It's it's the last-ditch effort. It's the Hail Mary. They will blame video games just so... The NRA doesn't have to, like, actually stop being an extremely powerful lobbying force. Lobbying is a huge problem. But but also, it's like video games have gone through so many fucking battles. And we won them. Or they stopped being battles. Jock, Jack, Jock, Jack, Jackie Jock. Jack Thompson went away. I don't know what happened. He lost an election. Who knows? He lost, uh, he was disbarred. Oh, he was, he, he was disbarred. He could no longer practice law. He was a, he was a crank way before the video game thing and continued to be a crank and got disbarred. I mean, time and time again, we have, video games have won the political battles that they have faced and have become more widely and widely accepted. But it's kind of like how two years ago, I don't Saturday Night Live made fun of Star Wars and made it like, oh, it's just for nerds. Completely missing that Star Wars is now a a major media pop culture kind of thing. Yeah. Video games are mainstream now. They're not just for isolationist, loner nerds who might fit the profile of a mass shooter Mm -hmm. by coincidence. Like, more often than not, like, if you count mobile games as video games... More often than not, like, maybe closer to 80% of all people have touched a video game in the past month. Yeah. It is a part of life. And just because it was the the antagonist in quotes in the past, doesn't mean it should be treated as such again. Like, I feel like I'm reliving my own stupid history. The, the, the thing to me that's truly insane is that... Video games have gone through such a renaissance since then, which video games were never the enemy and they never caused anyone to shoot up no. anything. But the the thing about it is that video games are so different now than they were 
Video games are so varied and popular and complex and peaceful. Like, video games have really come into their own as an art form within the past 20 years uh, in a way that I don't think anyone really expected. Like, they've they've re reached, like, full market saturation. They're, like, beautiful expressions of art and creativity and gentleness uh, and, and tell a, a wide breadth of stories from the simplistic and the violent, sure, but to the incredibly touching. You know, we have video games that exist that are short narratives about a couple giving birth to a child with cancer and what those last months with their child is like. Like, video games portray so much now, and to say that video games cause violence is such an insane thesis that it ideally, would not even be considered. I feel like the only organizations that are actually doing anything about video games causing violence, like Walmart and ESPN, I feel like most likely those organizations owe a lot of money to the NRA. That seems insane! Because, like, the NRA, the organization itself, is, like, less than 100 people. And, yes, the membership is much larger, but, like... Just the the people who make the decisions, the lobbyists or, or whoever runs that whole organization, they are, are less than 1% of the entire population. How the fuck do they have that much goddamn power? Tremendous amounts of wealth. Why can't... Here's the thing. Like, I get that. I get if you have money, you want to throw it around and keep your power or whatever... Why are there no millionaires throwing around their money for the greater good? Like, why Why isn't that a thing? Why isn't there a Batman who isn't running around fighting villains, but instead throwing around mass amount of wealth to counterbalance or counteract all of the other money people? Because the wealthy are evil. Hear me out. Is it possible to be wealthy and not evil? Well, hear me out. In you and I's case, right... This is using us as, as exemplars of evil, so I hope you're ready for a ride. Look, I've been evil my entire life. We know that paying taxes is good. You say that. Paying taxes is good. I, I opened up an IRA just to avoid paying taxes. And you opened up an IRA to avoid paying taxes because you have more money than you used to. That's true. You want to pay less in taxes. That tiny... In my view, evil. I've got an IRA, too. It's a tiny evil, because I didn't pay any taxes. But imagine your tiny evil compared to someone who is a millionaire or a billionaire. You would have to cross so many thresholds of tiny evils that at that point, your personality and your morals would be almost entirely compromised. So it starts out with op opening and contributing to an IRA. To avoid All evil starts at an IRA. <laughs> To avoid paying taxes, it's like the small... I mean, it's not the smallest evil, but that's a yeah. relatively small evil. Mm -hmm. And because... I mean, it was easy. And I got my refund. And no one came later to slap me on the wrist for doing it. Yes. That's like... In the monetary mindset, an acceptable evil. Yes. And you're, you're positing that on the road to millionaire slash billionaire, there are many... Of these acceptable, in hindsight, small evils that you get to a point where 10 years ago, if the same person who was not... Like 10 years... So 10 years past, I become a millionaire. Mm -hmm. 
and I do something that a younger me would consider wholly evil and, and like stupid and I would never do. But because I've gone through this journey of small acceptable evils, I've become more evil incrementally that I no longer consider these actions evil. Absolutely. Fuck! How do you combat that? Uh, I don't know. I don't feel like a lot of wealthy people have successfully combated it. They absolutely haven't. Like we discussed earlier, power corrupts. Power corrupts as a nature of itself. Power corrupting is not a perk of having power. Being corrupt is a requisite of having power. It's this thing, like, humans as a species can't really wrap around our heads around the the actuality, the reality of large numbers. A million to us is just a concept. It's not an actuality. So the more money you get, the more you're like, this is getting harder and harder to deal with. I'm going to pay someone to, like, sort of handle my money. And then you've hired a demon. You've hired someone whose only goal is, my goal is to make my employer happy and my employer is happy when I get them more money. Therefore, I'm going to take a large chunk of their money and create an offshore account. Yeah. And then you get the Panama Papers. Like, it's just, I have so much money, I can't deal with it. Let me hire somebody. That's sort of like, I'm not calling that evil because there's probably, that's a neutral. But then that person is is motivated by making you happy. And so they're going to do small evils. They're like, hey, if you incorporate in a different country... You don't have to pay a slice of taxes. Yeah, the Panama... You get more money in the long run. The Panama Papers people happened at a level of evil that was acceptable for them because they're like, we hired a guy and then he just did it for us and we didn't ask questions. And they knew. And it, they it, knew what they were getting into by not asking questions. But are you familiar with Arissa? Is that Alita Battle Angel's younger sister? Unfortunately not. That is Dora the Explorer. Uh, but Arissa is the act that basically protects people's retirement accounts. So essentially for any company with a 401k or a pension or anything, I think it typically started with pensions. There's no more pensions, so... No more pensions. Unless I mean, there government. are absolutely pensions, but Unless we're just waiting for those people to have a government job. Government or you jo- get grandfathered into a pension. There's no more pensions. I work in the finance industry. There are absolutely pensions. Uh, but they're not giving them out... That's what I'm saying. No, like, no company sorry. no company is giving out new pensions. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. But no. Uh, essentially, the thing with ERISA is to be ERISA compliant, and ERISA exists for a reason, but to be ERISA compliant, you as someone who holds a retirement account for your employees has to guarantee a certain level of return on investment. Because since you pick the investments your employees can invest in, you don't want to pick investments that will lose the money because then you're not asking in like a proxy fiduciary responsibility for your employees. You have to act with good stewardship. It's like a Hippocratic oath for money people. Erissa said right? that as a that yeah, fiduciary responsibility is like Hippocratic oath for you have to act in your client's best interest yeah. if you're a fiduciary. But Erissa said that if you own a reti- if you as an employer own a retirement account that your employees buy into, you have to guarantee kind of a rate of return. So people wow. can pick their own investments in retirement accounts, but it's like you need to do the best in your power to create a lineup of possible investments that could ideally return the best that you can imagine it would. Yeah. 
it's tough to be Arissa compliant. Arissa's a real bear. But basically, what that means is you cannot have fringe investments in like a 401k. Typically speaking, you have broad market or sometimes like specialized funds in a 401k. You know what that means? Most people's primary savings vehicle is their 401k because they're accidental savers. They get auto enrolled 3%, whatever. They wow. usually end up in like a target date fund. 3%. 2%, 3%. My company does like 1.5. It's usually pretty low. That is very low for a match. My company uh, sucks. But when they enroll you into a 401k, you're usually auto-enrolled. You get in like a target date fund. You can choose your investments if you want to. But essentially by saying that they need to have a certain rate of return, all of the investments are mutual funds. Mutual funds are baskets of dozens to hundreds of securities, which typically are broad market and invest in things that you would be or could potentially be diametrically opposed to. Like you could get into a mutual fund that returns a certain amount over a period of time that invests in like REITs in fucking Philadelphia where people are being gentrified out of the neighborhood and they're doing um, demolition by... What's the word? Demolition by neglect, where they, like, expose parts of the wall that aren't meant to be exposed to weather when they destroy something next to it. So that erodes, too, so it becomes condemned so they can, like, build something new, price people out. Or just in guns. I mean, I was a in, simpler example... For you personally, would be like you could invest in a mutual fund, and to be safe, they because you're a vegetarian, you're a vegan, but they invest in like Tyson, yeah, Tyson or like Smithfield or something. Yeah, uh, that's that's a ton of it, and all mm -hmm. of these mutual funds, since they're broad market for the most part, and they rely on like reliable companies, yeah. they invest in things that you ideologically don't believe in. So if you are auto enrolled in your company's four hundred one k. And you don't care about your investments, you're most likely being the opposite of an impact investor and investing in things you don't believe in. You're funneling millions of dollars to arms manufacturers, to landowners. Like I only do the smallest amount of matching to my 401k and then I funnel a lot of the other extra funds in quotes because I don't have a ton of extra funds uh -huh. into my IRA, mm -hmm. which is just sitting What's in... What's your IRA invested in? Just cash right now because I can't figure out your fucking website, Sean. <laughs> okay. I can't figure out the goddamn website. If it's just sitting in cash, that's kind of the least evil position you can be. Except at that point, you're paying the receiving institution net interest revenue. What are they investing that in? I don't know. I can't control that. I'm just saying I can't under... I don't understand. Cash is the least evil investment. The website. It's not. Investing in something you care about is. But I'm just saying, like, the way that money ends up in people's hands, people like the NRA, who are funded by arms manufacturers... Of is course that, they are. Is that money ends up... In a system where they're reliable investments. The, you, there aren't like... There aren't 50 billionaires who are putting a ton of money into the, RA, the, the NRA. I'm sure that there are. But there are hundreds of thousands of individual investors who are buying their mutual funds. Yeah. Like it's... Oh, that's sad. Yeah. It's mutual funds. It, it's, it's 401k. It, it's... The things that financial stability and independent finance wants you to believe in, absolutely. Be, but at the same time, when you leave it to what you said, the ERISA thing, 
you might inadvertently be funding things you don't personally believe in. How do you account for that? You have to be an impact investor? Yeah, being an impact investor is hard because you have to thoroughly research the things you invest in. Uh, Investing in itself... Unless you're like a very thoughtful day trader, if you're someone who wants protection of principle and you're investing in like broad market ETS, mutual funds and stuff, it's hard to care. It's almost impossible. There's no day trader who who has any sort of... There's no such thing as an impact day trader. I was about to say, there's no day trader who has a moral high ground that they're out to make money by doing nothing. Yeah. Which I am all for, and I am inherently jealous of day traders but i'm just saying by having money in a 401k by having money in an ira without looking at it you're probably giving money to the nra so so the 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 time honored sort of aphorism or or adage if you will like the money is the root of all evil kind of circles back to financial stability as it exists today as is accepted as sort of like 401ks and investments and stuff like that can inadvertently fuel evil and if you want to be financially secure there's not much you can do about it if you want to be financially secure you could just invest in companies you believe in or or invest in companies that you believe to have minimal like ethical impact to what you believe to be a moral good which is difficult. I mean, I feel sorry for anyone who believes in Yahoo and and invest money in that. Did you know Yahoo bought Tumblr for like one point seven billion, and then they sold it for eleven million, three million, something like that. Twenty million. Twenty million. They sold it for twenty million. They bought it, and all of that just to take the porn off of it. Which honestly is the largest crime. Who I wonder who's who they sold it to. Please don't tell me it's the NRA. No, they did not sell Tumblr <laughs> to the NRA. The crazy thing is when the NRA bought and yes, they did sell it to the NRA for the purpose of the <laughs> when joke. They bought Tumblr. When the NRA bought Tumblr, they brought all the hentai back, but they just put guns in all of their hands well, and see, in the tentacles. See, well, and here's the thing, they brought hentai back, but they censored all of the bits. With gun with AR fifteen AR fifteen specifically, and they re- they replaced with uh, they replaced all the speech bubbles, and they said, "This is my right. Come and take it." Uh, and and, yeah. and like, are you offended? Open carry is a thing <laughs> in yeah. some states. Yeah, and these women and men. Yeah, because you know, hentai is for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I have a shirt? I want, a, I want a tie-dye purple shirt that, number one, on the front says, I'm bringing a hentai back. <laughs> and on the back says, hentai's for everybody. So the first zero credits official merchandise will be a tie-dye shirt that says, I'm bringing hentai back. And on the back says, hentai is for everyone. Yes. And the zero credits logo is everywhere else. Uh, yes, it's up and down the sleeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. I'd make that shirt. Uh, please do. We need merch. We don't need merchandise. No, no one would fucking buy it. No one would make money off of this dumb hobby. But I'm just saying. I'd wear that shirt. But I'm not in public. I I would wear it under my Ahegao sweater. I would wear it just to make. How do you pronounce that? Ahegao. Ahegao. I'd wear it around the house just to make money. You know, you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. A H E. G-A-O. Oh, a Hago. A Hago sweater. I've never said it out loud. Have you ever seen the sweater? 
I mean, I am aware of the concept. Hold it's, on, wait. It's the cross-eyed tongue, tongues out look that's sweeping no, no, the no. nation. <laughs> Second t-shirt, it's a, the cross-eyed <laughs> tongues out look that's sweeping the nation. Hi, I'm Walter Conkright, and I'm here to talk about the cross-eyed tongue out look that's sweeping the nation. It's called a Hago, and your teens might be doing it. Anyway, this is my new hoodie. Oh, no, I've seen that. Jesus fucking Christ, no. I want it so bad. Do you? Yeah. So there is an internet personality who has, like... There's so many different versions. There's an internet personality who, on her forearm, has, like, panels of that tattooed. Okay. And I'm like, how do you walk around in public? But anyway, I don't... Look, you... You don't need to walk around in public if you're selling Gamer Girl bathwater, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That was the most... Like, unassured, like, not confident bitch yeah. I've ever heard. I don't like saying that word in public. I know you don't, because you don't like gingered slurs. I don't. Yeah. But look, if you grew up like I did, where bitch was for women and bastard was for man, <laughs> and you're like, it's equivalent, it's good, and then you find out later that bastard has no gender attached to it. Yeah. Then you realize, what? I just Life love, doesn't make sense. I just love calling people bastards. Bastards are, Makes me feel like Vegeta. Bastard is a good word. That's all That's the zero say. credits guarantee. Bastard is a... It's anyway, a money's evil. Money's evil? Video games are absolutely not. Video games are fine. They do not cause violent tendencies. If they do, some studies have shown, like... There is an aggression spike that doesn't last more than, like, 30 minutes. So it's like, you're in the car. Okay, this is a horrible hypothetical, but, like, you're in the car on, like, your PS Vita playing. Are you driving while you're on your PS no, no, Vita? You're, okay, th- this is getting going to get worse. Okay. You're parked outside of a mall. Uh-huh. You've got your PS... AR-15 on the back of the Yes, absolutely. Oh, no. It's going to get worse. Oh, no. You're parked at the mall, AR-15 in the back. You've got your PS Vita. What do you play on the Vita? Gotta be Persona 5. Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) Chinatown Wars. Well, see, like, I'm going for, like, the the horror, like, the reality. If this were true, this would be the reality. You're playing Chinatown Wars on your PS Vita. You're shooting up random innocents, and you're like... You know, you're getting that yeah. adrenaline, and then, like, you grab your gun and go in the mall and shoot a bunch of people within yeah. 30 minutes' time. Like, but that, that's not the reality. The real The reality is the aggression spike just gets you banned on Twitch for throwing your cat. Oh, a litany. Fuck that lady. She also, like, gave champagne to a dog. I don't know. Also unhealthy. Yeah, it's those bad things happen. platform all influencers shoot all Twitch streamers. Is, wait, is that why you... There was a YouTube person who she accidentally posted the raw video of her, like, filming a video with her dog, and she, like, slams the dog's head into the ground. Uh, that lady should be hanged. She's getting investigated. Good. Um, Fuck that lady. I saw a headline that, yeah, she's absolutely good. If you own a pet, Jesus Christ. Uh, if you own a pet, don't do violent things against it. Uh, you are You're- PSA. Uh, you are your pet's world. You're the only thing that matters to them. You are their only vector to joy and happiness. If you cannot take that responsibility seriously, give it to someone else 
And incarcerate yourself. If you're going to film something, if you're going to be a, a, quote, influencer, and you own a pet, maybe, like, give the pet something to do while you're, what, like, close yourself off, yeah. close the door, give your pet something to do in the meantime. You're only recording for, like, 20 minutes. But also, if you're recording and an animal comes in and interrupts you... Uh, keep filming because that animal's emotions in that moment are worth infinitely more than any of the like glassy-eyed idiots who are watching your stupid shit on YouTube. So here's a treat it like a family member. Here's a animals shit. or family members do not be mean to them. They cannot fucking stand people who are mean to their pets. Here's it makes no sense. Here is a shout out to uh, Magic the Gathering player champion. And then Hearthstone streamer, Brian Kibler. I don't know if you've heard of him. Also known as Sonic Fox. No, he, he's actually just known as Kibler. He okay. uses his real name. Because Brave. he is a professional. Brave. But, like, he was famous on, like, the Magic the Gathering scene before usernames became a thing. Anyway. Shout out to him, because every time his dog Shiro barks at the door, he's like, Shiro, what do you want, Shiro? And, like, he picks him up, and he's like... Say hi to everybody, and then yeah. like, Shiro gets angsty for being picked up. He's like, all right, Shiro wants down. Yeah. Like, he doesn't ever... Oh, like, a delivery guy comes over, like, Shiro doesn't like the delivery guy. Yeah. Just be nice to your animals. If you own an animal, bird, dog, catfish, bunny, look, if you own anything, any type of animal, just treat it... The best that you can, because I feel like we're the elves of this world and that we live longer than everything on the planet, besides tortoises, which, like, kick our ass. Yeah. But, like, we're the elves, so, like, we gotta be kind. Don't be condescending. Don't ride deer in the battle. Although that's the coolest part of the Hobbit movies. Just, like, let's be kind. Let's give animals magic, which is joy. Joy is magic. Make dogs happy. It doesn't take much. No. It takes nothing to make a dog happy. We are capable of giving animals so much joy and pleasure and fulfillment. And and we understand them. And and we've built a bond with them over the entirety of human life. So if you can't take the responsibility, the very easy responsibility of providing joy for your animals, then, like, number one, give them up. Number two, grab a shovel and bury yourself alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you can't show the... And I get it. Dogs can be annoying. Our little yappy puppies... I, we had two puppies. They were brothers or from the same litter growing up. And they would they would protect the house. That's what they... It was their instincts. They would bark at people who, was, who were passing our house. And like, yes, the barking would get annoying in the moment. And so we would tell them to stop barking. Yeah. But like... You don't do physical things to them because no. of their instincts. That That's fucked up. If a dog barks because something is happening and you hit it, the dog was barking because this is an important moment in its day where it feels like its life is in danger or something momentous is happening, and then you hit it, fuck off. Like, yeah. Animals depend on us for so much, and if you can't take the responsibility for their lives seriously, I don't know what to tell you. This person should absolutely be under investigation. Deplatform all influencers. Deplatform them all. Every single one. Rest in peace, Funhouse. Um, but also, if we found, like, the cure to aging, 
I think the best thing would be to give it to to puppos. Give absolutely. It, get it. Give it to puppies. Outlaw use for human consumption. Give it to animals. G- not every animal. Every single animal. Three animals. Dogs. Dogs. Turtles. They already have it. Yeah, they live forever. Let me start again. Dogs. Dogs. Parakeets. Okay. Snakes. Why snakes? Infinity snakes. Infinity snakes. Yes. You want another? Ireland? You want another? You want another Saint Patrick? I want there because if snakes live forever. Snakes don't know not to breed. I want the floor to be snakes. <laughs> you want Indiana Jones to be paralyzed in every room he in, enters? In two hundred years, Indiana Jones can do shit to us. Why did it have to be snakes? I like that. For some reason, Indiana Jones. Hold on, Indiana Jones is at the hearing where they're voting on which animals, and he's like dogs. Okay, and then they say parakeets, and he's like sweating as the votes are being tallied, and then they say snakes will also be given eternal life. He's like snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? And like cocks back the hammer on his revolver and shoots himself in the like head. Like he would have to, at that point, because Indiana Jones. I don't know if you know this about the movies. They always take place in the past. Yes. For, for Indiana Jones, for Dr. Henry Jones to make it to the point where this vote is happening, he would have to be hundreds of he would years have, old. He would have to be as old as Harrison Ford is now. So, like, the, the, the weird side effect of him being at the opening of the Ark of the Covenant and not looking at it, he was awarded with eternal aging life. Yes. So he still ages because Harrison Ford is aged, so that's yeah. canon. But, like, he gets to that vote, and he is just, like, the wrinkliest old man, <laughs> still with the hat and, yep. and the whip in a wheelchair. And he's like, Snake, I have to be Snake. He's country now. Yeah, and then Shia LaBeouf shoots him in the head. Shia LaBeouf wouldn't be in it. He was in the Tomb of the Crystal Skull. <sighs> do, I have to, do, I have to, do I have to explain what happened? I've never finished Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So during the media press tour of Crystal Skull, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf did not shy away from the fact that he thought... Oh, he didn't shy, o- shy away? Mr. Buff did not shy away from the fact that he thought it was not a good movie. Uh-huh. He openly talked Oh, we talked down, about this, how he's in the Peanut Butter Falcon now, and yeah. He talked down this movie, and Steven Spielberg was like, what the fuck are you doing? And Harrison Ford's like, kid, you don't do that. And so that's why he shied away from mainstream movies. And so he would not be there, John. It would be Chris Pratt. It would be Chris Tucker. Epstein brain. Jesus, fuck. I don't... I, don't, I like when our, our shit comes full circle, but I didn't like that. Yeah, it's really a shame when Chris Tucker's involved now. What, what's the last thing he did? Rush Hour 3? I guess. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I want to get on the plane and go to the sex island. And then it's Jeffrey asking saying <laughs> Yeah. Well, you do edit, so that's uh, that's good. I, I like that we announce who edits on, <laughs> during the episode. It gives people a funny little uh, treat. Do it. Yeah, because when you edit, 
people are like, oh, that's why this episode sounds better and has more stuff going. And when I edit, they're like, oh, this is why it's an intro music and then no audio for an hour and then the outro music. Here's the thing. I haven't been uploading episodes. <laughs> that would be very surprising. White, don't say that. No, that's not true. How are your episodes so small? What? My episodes range... Here's here's great radio content. This is fantastic. My episodes range between 60 and 70 megabytes. Uh-huh. Yours are exactly half of that. I compress them first. What? For I compress them because we have limited storage. What? How? I compress them on Audacity. I'll show you how to do it after the podcast. You gotta you gotta do it now. I can't. Uh, now that we're talking about editing the podcast, yeah, I, I, and I'm, we haven't solved school shootings, we haven't solved we haven't solved school shootings, and there's no end to the Epstein case. Yeah, there's well, there is a definitive end of the Epstein case, which no, is now. Excuse me. There is an. End to the Epson life, but the Epson case. What is happening? Are you having a full blown stroke? There's end the, the Epson cave. I had look. Sometimes, sometimes a lisp. Oh no! You're one of the snakes that was given eternal life. While there is an end to the Epson life, Epstein, shut up. <laughs> Well, there is an end to his life. Yeah. There is not an end to his case. The case goes on. It continues to be investigated. Shut up. Sometimes I speak of a lisp. Do the social media. <laughs> We've had You've a, defeated me. We've had a lot of IPAs tonight. We've talked about a lot of things. I think main takeaway is Epstein case ongoing. Power corrupts absolutely. Video games have done nothing wrong. And what was the last one we discussed? Money? Money's bad. Moneyball. Or like, uh, I think it was Pink Floyd, who I can quote. They said, uh, money. Allegedly, they did. (laughs) They also said you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. And you know what the meat is? The social media plugs. Exactly. And since you're editing this week, it falls to me to run through the social media for this week. So, if you would like to send us your meat, you can do so at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for... Henry. That stands for Zoologist Cares Because Key (laughs) Wants Harold Johnson. That's right, Zoologist... Yep. (laughs) Whatever you just said. I've recently been made aware that for the entirety of this podcast episode, we have actually been joined by a special guest who has not come up to the mic. One Peter Podker in the corner hanging out, keeping it down on the ones and twos. And if you want to send us your requests for Peter Podker's future appearances on this podcast, you can do so at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. And we are also on Facebook. You can find us by searching for Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. We are on Spotify. Search for Zero Credit, open parentheses, S, close parentheses, on Spotify. And you can put us in a playlist of Listen, Operator by Jim Croce, followed by Spoil My Night by Post Malone, then this episode of Zero Credits, and then Ave Maria. 
That's a good playlist. This is the first official Zero Credits playlist. We are on Twitch sometimes, except we're not, and we can't talk about that. Maybe we'll be a mixer. Who knows? Maybe we'll be on mixer. Join that ninja. Topical. Topical. Content. We are on Apple Podcasts. One of the most important ways that you can get the word of the podcast is to like, comment, subscribe, do whatever you need to do on Apple Podcasts because everyone owns an Apple and everyone gives a crapple. However, the most important thing, word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your closest friends, tell them what I want you to do is I want you to grab your closest friends by the head. I want you to crane their head to your mouth and I want you to purse your lips, insert your lips into their inner ear, and then intone, now is the age of Horus. The, clandest- the clandestine is made obvious. The cabal is real. Listen to Zero Credits Podcast. Which is, interestingly enough, how I get Epstein brain. Oh. So if you let your friends know and they let their friends know, everyone will listen and we'll all be listening to the show that is called Zero Credits that I am on. I think that's it. I think you did it. I just want to give one shout out to a friend I spoke to recently. Uh, His name is Andrew. And he said he would listen to us. And I hope Oh, Andrew Wiener? The dick pic guy? No. The New York dick pic guy? No, no, no. The old dick pic guy? I'm talking about the author of How to Dispose of Dead Elephants, a novel that I have read. He, uh, we've recently talked, and I, I, I very much enjoy his friendship, and he said he would listen to our podcast, and so if Andrew, if you listen to this one, shrug, I'm sorry. <laughs> Andrew, I'm... I, st- I still appreciate your friendship, and I'll get... Your your story back to you of notes in the near time future. Andrew, I'm sorry I compared you to Andrew Weiner, the dick guy. <laughs> Oddly enough, he lives in D.C., but it's not him. Okay, I okay, swear. I, okay. I swear, I'll take not, your, it's not take him. your word for it. What's this text I have? <laughs> it's just from someone says Andrew Henry's. That's a dick. <laughs> it's just a picture of a dick and some Calvin Klein underoos. Neither of us complete, uh, uh, appreciate this bit you're doing. I'm speaking for him. From everyone here at the Peter Podker infested... St- is that actually a live spider? I don't think it moved the entire episode. He's moved like three times. From everyone here from the Spider Moves Three Times Studios, we want to wish you a happy, hopefully, week! I'm bringing hentai back. You hentas don't know how to act. I really don't know what the rest of the fucking... Hey, we've got one note for your song. Uh, can you mention guns? When with the hentai, we're the NRI, and we're inexplicably British. Is this a Simon Cowell and an NRA joke? It was terrible. I'm gonna kill myself. Bye! Bye! Don't kill yourself. I'm not gonna kill myself. Remember, I'm gonna be murdered by the Clinton family. Look.
look, we had fun tonight. We've had fun tonight. But from everyone here at the Zero Credit Studios family, one, don't kill yourself. Two, don't be important enough for the Clintons to take you out. I'm sorry. Just don't be that important. Let that be your mantra. Get that tattooed on your back. Leave no Clinton unturned. That's not a... That doesn't apply. Yeah. This really fell apart at the Ram Dass told us to be nobody. And we thought that meant perspective. But it truly means decrease visibility so the Clintons don't kill you allegedly. We had a lot of fun here tonight, but listen, from everyone here at the Zero Credits two-bedroom, two-bathroom studio apartments, we want to wish you a don't kill yourself, and you struggle out there, and I understand, so if you feel the need to get on Jeffrey Epstein's sex plane, please call 1-555-555-5555. There are people here to help. 24 hours a day. Six days a week. If you want to get on that plane on a Sunday, you're fucked. That's God's day. I don't know what to tell you. Go with God on the sex plane. Don't go on the sex plane. Cut this whole part out. Leave it in. <laughs> <laughs>